Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, friends. Uh, It is Wednesday, the 8th of February, the State of the Union. Those words are on a lot of commentators' lips these days because last night we had the State of the Union address. And as you know, on this program, we don't just comment on the news. We pray over the news. And in commenting on it, we look at it from a biblical perspective. We apply the Word of God to what is going on. And we commit ourselves to live the word of God so that the state of the union may continue to grow strong. So we're going to talk about this tonight from that perspective. I want to start with, I want to show you some powerful video clips, by the way, as well. Um, One special video that we made about a certain part of the the speech last night. We'll get to that after we pray. But I want to start in the second book of Kings uh, in uh, chapter 17. By the way, as you watch, let us know where you're from. Let us know what your prayer intentions are, too, because part of praying for America is praying for you, praying all of us for one another. Because as we do this work, we will endure the attacks of of our enemies and uh, the attacks of those who attack the kingdom of God, those who attack America. Well, they're going to attack us, you and me, all of us watching, because we stand on the side of the word of God. We stand on the side of America. So the attacks are par for the course. They're part of the territory. Uh, you know, we go forward no matter what. So second book of Kings, chapter 17, starting with verse five, it says this, the king of Assyria invaded the entire land, marched against Samaria and laid siege to it for three years. In the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria and deported the Israelites to Assyria. Picks up in verse 7, all this took place because the Israelites had sinned against the Lord their God, who had brought them up out of Egypt from under the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. They worshipped other gods and followed the practices of the nations the Lord God had driven out before them, as well as the practices that the kings of Israel had introduced. The Israelites secretly did things against the Lord their God that were not right. From watchtower to fortified city, they built themselves high places in all their towns. They set up sacred stones and Asherah poles on every high hill and under every spreading tree. At every high place, they burned incense, as the nations whom the Lord had driven out before them had done. They did wicked things that provoked the Lord to anger. They worshipped idols, though the Lord had said, you shall not do this. The Lord warned Israel and Judah through all his prophets and seers, turn from your evil ways. Observe my commands and decrees in accordance with the entire law that I commanded your fathers to obey and that I delivered to you through my servants, the prophets. But they would not listen and were as stiff-necked as their fathers who did not trust in the Lord their God. They rejected his decrees and the covenant he had made with their fathers and the warnings he had given them. They followed worthless idols and themselves became worthless. They imitated the nations around them, although the Lord had ordered them, do not do as they do. And they did the things the Lord had forbidden them to do. They forsook all the commands of the Lord their God, 
and made for themselves two idols cast in the shape of calves and an Asherah pole. They bowed down to all the starry hosts, and they worshipped Baal. They sacrificed their sons and daughters in the fire. They practiced divination and sorcery, and sold themselves to do evil in the eyes of the Lord, provoking Him to anger. So the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them from His presence. And even Judah did not keep the commands of the Lord their God. They followed the practices Israel had introduced. Therefore the Lord rejected all the people of Israel. He afflicted them and gave them into the hands of plunderers until He thrust them from His presence. Let us pray. Lord, You punished the very people that You rescued. You drove from the land the very people to whom You gave the land. You set back into captivity the very people that You freed from captivity. Not, Lord, because of any political miscalculation of theirs, not because of any military weakness, but because of moral betrayal because of spiritual compromise, because of disobedience to you, you allowed your people to undergo the exile, the northern kingdom taken by the Assyrians, never to return, the ten lost tribes, the southern kingdom taken later by the Babylonians and a remnant to come back after the exile. Lord God, you teach us by your word, not only in this passage, but elsewhere, that it was the killing of children, above all, the shedding of their innocent blood, that provoked you to anger. Lord, what is the state of the union? What was the state of the union then for the Israelites? It was betrayal. It was breaking of the covenant. It led to plundering and exile. Lord God, we come to you concerned about the state of the union today here in America. What is it? What will it be? What will happen to us as we too shed the innocent blood of our children? Save us, Lord God. Save us now. Repent. May we repent. Send the spirit of repentance into our hearts that we may turn from the wickedness of which we are guilty today, that we may protect our children rather than kill them, and that we may obey your covenant and prosper. We pray through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The exile happened because of the killing of children. You heard all those things in the, in the passage I just read about the, the high places and the sacred poles and the worship of Baal. This included child sacrifice. I want you to listen to a clip from last night's State of the Union address. I want you to watch the Democrats applauding. I want you to listen to what they're saying and consider what it is in relation to this passage we just heard. This is a little spot that we prepared today for social media. After we watch it, we'll discuss it a little bit more. Let's watch. Congress must restore the right that was taken away 
and Roe v. Wade, and protect Roe v. Wade. Neither Biden nor Harris, nor any of those goons that you saw standing there applauding, have the courage to describe what they defend. You saw the medical diagrams. Those are not diagrams we created. Those are medical diagrams. You tell me that isn't child sacrifice. The State of the Union, we are in rebellion against God. That's the State of the Union. And these people are leading that rebellion. That so-called commander-in-chief is the abortionist-in-chief. Some people, and you know, he identifies himself to be part of the, the church that I profess, the Catholic Church. What an embarrassment for us that is. What an embarrassment for the bishops that is. They can't seem to rein him in. He's the one up there defining for Catholics what it means to be Catholic. Bishops are supposed to be doing that. Maybe they ought to grow a spine and exercise some leadership. The man is a disgrace. He stands up there, and, 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 and some of those who try to defend him say, oh, well, it's not that he's for abortion, he's just upholding the law. What law? The Supreme Court said that the people and their elected representatives can decide what the law will be about abortion. And a lot of states are protecting those very babies that you just saw right from the beginning of their lives. That's not extreme. Since when is it an extreme abortion law? to protect every living child. It's not extreme at all. What's extreme is the position those people who are standing there like goons applauding hold on abortion. They think there should be no restrictions, no limits. The American people have never gone along with that. Not once. Show me one single survey that shows the, most, the majority of the American people wanting abortion right through pregnancy. There is no such thing. There's no such survey. They've never supported it. And yet it happens. What's the matter with these people? He's not upholding the law. The court said the people can decide through their elected representatives. Well, the people are deciding. And he said if the people decide through their elected representatives that were sitting there in front of him in Congress and they decide to protect these babies, he'll veto that. That's upholding the law? That's respecting the will of the American people? He'll veto that? The State of the Union. It's a state of rebellion against the Creator. We've stained ourselves with the innocent blood of these children, and it's time to repent. The rest of the speech was a disaster, too. 
and I'm going to spend, um, well, I'm going to spend a couple of programs on this. Uh, going, let's look, take one more look here at what he did say about abortion. And I want to share with you Sarah Huckabee Sanders, governor of Arkansas, uh, first female governor of Arkansas, youngest governor in the country. I want to share with you what she said in response to the State of the Union. And um, first, though, going back to the, the abortion part of his speech, before he said Congress must restore the right, and by the way, there is no right that was taken away in Roe v. Wade. See, that's the point. They don't know how to read. And the Dobbs decision that came out in June from the Supreme Court showed us very clearly, it's not opinion, it's fact in American history that there was no right to abortion ever asserted except that until the time of Roe v. Wade. So to say that it took away a right, no, no, no. It acknowledged that the right that was invented in 1973 was fake, had no constitutional basis, had no historical basis, and it has no moral basis to say that there's a right to tear a child apart. But in any case, before he said all that, that garbage, he said, here in the people's house, it's our duty to protect all the people's rights and freedom. Yeah, right. All the people's rights and freedom? What do you think we are, morons? All the people's rights. All the people? See, this is what pro-abortion politicians often say. Oh, I have to represent all the people. Representing all the people starts with protecting all the people. And protecting all the people includes the youngest ones. What's the matter with you? Just part of your brain got taken away? It includes those children that we saw those images of just now. These folks exclude them. They exclude an entire segment of humanity. And then they have the gall. They have the audacity. They have the unmitigated arrogance to stand up and say, it's our duty to protect all the people's rights and freedoms. Yeah, right except that you exclude an entire segment of the people. All the people's rights? How about the most basic one, like life itself? You do what those diagrams showed, and you take away the life of a child in the womb. Guess what? You just took away her education. You took away her health care. You took away her right to work, her right to vote, her right to be protected from terrorism. You took away every right that she could possibly have. Oh, but we stand up for the protect. We are, it's our duty to protect all people's rights. You know, these people, they not only do evil, but then they try to, they try, they treat us like morons. They come over, come along, and in declaring their support for these evils, they proclaim them as good. This is absolute insanity. All right, so. I want to show you another piece of insanity here. One of the senators, uh, Ed Markey, I don't know what's wrong. Well, actually, I do know what's wrong with this guy. It's the same thing that's wrong with all the, his colleagues there on that side of the aisle. They're demented. The guy wears a pin that Planned Parenthood created that says abortion, and the O is in the form of a heart. Let's take a look at this at this guy. He put, he put up this tweet on his on his Twitter post. Look, I'm wearing my abortion pin from Planned Parenthood to tonight's State of the Union address. 
Abortion is essential health care, and we need to codify this right. Yeah, Marky, it's time for the insane asylum, okay? For you and for all your colleagues, get out of our lives, okay? You're harming this nation. You don't know the first thing about what's right or wrong. Look at that. Look at that. Shameful, shameful act of, of, of absolute rebellion against God and absolute the betrayal of what it means to serve the American people. And look what he tries to do with the language. Oh, it's essential health care. Abortion has absolutely nothing to do with health care. It's not a medical procedure. Medical procedures help the body to do what it's supposed to do and is having trouble doing. The blood is trying to flow through an artery. It's getting blocked. Well, you go in there with medication to clear the blockage or with surgery if necessary, or you do a bypass, whatever you have to do to keep the blood flowing. That's what the body's trying to do. That's what it's supposed to do. But it has, has some trouble doing. The older we get, the more trouble the body has doing certain things it's supposed to do. That's why we have medicine. Thank God for the kind of health care that we have. But abortion? The body's doing everything it's supposed to do when it's nourishing that, that child during pregnancy. And abortion goes in and cuts all that up, stops all that. It doesn't deserve the name medicine. It doesn't deserve the word healthcare. And people like Markey, you know, what cowards they are. First of all, they're morally demented. And secondly, they're cowards because, again, they don't describe what they defend. Oh, yeah, you could put that little pin on with the word abortion. How about putting a pin on the chosen aborted baby? How about wearing a pin that shows a picture, like we just saw a few minutes ago, of the guts being pulled out of the baby after the arms and the legs are taken off? And how about, the, how about a little picture, Senator Markey, of the brains flowing out, the brain matter flowing out of the head after the forceps have taken a nip out of the skull and pulled it out? And the brain matter comes flowing. How about, a, how about a pin showing that, you coward? Moral degenerate? Honest, you know, folks, we've got to get mad at this stuff. If we're not getting mad at this, there's something wrong. Something wrong not only with them. There's something wrong with the people that don't get, can't, can't get mad at this stuff. Oh, yeah. Stay mad. Stay mad and then take that, take that righteous anger. Bring it to the Lord, which we're going to do right now. Bring it to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, just fire me up. Show me what to do. Help me get involved in the effort to elect people who are going to stop this madness. Help me get involved in the effort to make this nation great, make this nation one that respects life. Lord, we do pray for all your people right now, all the needs that are being expressed in the comments or held in the privacy of our hearts. And Lord God, we ask you to bless all those that serve in Congress, those we saw in that, in that little video clip just now. For those who were applauding, Lord, let their, let their hearts realize that with every clap of their hand, they were offending you deeply and very gravely. That they were offending the basic principle of civilization, that the weak have to be protected from the strong. Open their eyes, Lord, that those hands, every time they clapped, they, they got blood on their hands. Because they were clapping for bloodshed. They were clapping for violence. They were clapping for child killing. They were clapping for the same kind of activity that caused your people to be exiled. Lord God, have mercy on this nation. Have mercy on those misguided men and women who think that they're public servants, but who apparently don't know the difference between serving the public and killing the public. God. 
grant that our fellow citizens at the voting booth may never elect people like this again. Never. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, now I want to share with you the response to the State of the Union by our friend Sarah Huckabee Sanders, governor, newly elected governor of Arkansas. She gave a marvelous response, and I want to take the time with you to watch her response now in case you missed it or to watch it again. If you did see it, it's well worth the watch. Let's see what Sarah had to say. Good evening. I'm Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Being a mom to three young children taught me not to believe every story I hear. So forgive me for not believing much of anything I heard tonight from President Biden. From out of control inflation and violent crime to the dangerous border crisis and threat from China, Biden and the Democrats have failed you. They know it and you know it. And it's time for a change. Tonight, let us reaffirm our commitment to a timeless American idea that government exists not to rule the people, but to serve the people. Democrats want to rule us with more government control, but that's not who we are. America is the greatest country the world has ever known because we're the freest country the world has ever known with a people who are strong and resilient. Five months ago, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. It was a hard time for our family, particularly our kids, Scarlett, Huck, and George. But we kept our faith and persevered. Thanks to exceptional doctors here in Arkansas, a successful surgery, and the grace of God, I am cancer-free. Through it all, I couldn't help but think about my mom. She was 20 years old and in her first year of marriage when she was diagnosed with spinal cancer. The doctors told her she might not live, and if she did live, they said she'd never walk again. And if she did walk, she'd definitely never have children. The daughter she was told she'd never have was just sworn in as the new governor of Arkansas and is speaking to you tonight. Adversity and fear of the unknown can paralyze us, but faith propels us to charge boldly ahead. We can't stand still in the face of great challenges. You and I were put on this earth for such a time as this, to charge boldly ahead. I'll be the first to admit, President Biden and I don't have a lot in common. I'm for freedom, he's for government control. At 40, I'm the youngest governor in the country. And at 80, he's the oldest president in American history. I'm the first woman to lead my state. And he's the first man to surrender his presidency to a woke mob that can't even tell you what a woman is. In the radical left's America, Washington taxes you and lights your hard-earned money on fire. But you get crushed with high gas prices empty grocery shelves, and our children are taught to hate one another on account of their race, but not to love one another or our great country. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. 
The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. It's time for a new generation of Republican leadership. Upon taking office just a few weeks ago, I signed executive orders to ban CRT, racism, and indoctrination in our schools, eliminate the use of derogatory term Latinx in our government, repealed COVID orders, and said never again to authoritarian mandates and shutdowns. Americans want common sense from their leaders, but in Washington, the Biden administration is doubling down on crazy. President Biden inherited the fastest economic recovery on record. The most secure border in history, cheap, abundant, homegrown energy, fast rising wages, a rebuilt military, and a world that was stable and at peace. But over the last two years, Democrats destroyed it all. Despite Democrats' trillions in reckless spending and mountains of debt, we now have the worst border crisis in American history. As a mom, my heart breaks for every parent who has lost a son or daughter to addiction. 100,000 Americans a year are now killed from drug overdoses, largely from fentanyl pouring across our southern border. Yet the Biden administration refuses to secure the border and save American lives. And after years of Democrat attacks on law enforcement and calls to defund the police, violent criminals roam free while law-abiding families live in fear. Beyond our border from Afghanistan to Ukraine, from North Korea to Iran, President Biden's weakness puts our nation and the world at risk. And the president's refusal to stand up to China, our most formidable adversary, is dangerous and unacceptable. President Biden is unwilling to defend our border, defend our skies, and defend our people. He is simply unfit to serve as Commander-in-Chief. And while you reap the consequences of their failures, the Biden administration seems more interested in woke fantasies than the hard reality Americans face every day. Most Americans simply want to live their lives in freedom and peace. But we are under attack in a left-wing culture war we didn't start and never wanted to fight. Every day we are told we must partake in their rituals, salute their flags, and worship their false idols. All while big government colludes with big tech to strip away the most American thing there is, your freedom of speech. That's not normal. It's crazy and it's wrong. Make no mistake, Republicans will not surrender this fight. We will lead with courage and do what's right, not what's politically correct or convenient. Republicans believe in an America where strong families thrive in safe communities, where jobs are abundant and paychecks are rising, where the freedom our veterans shed their blood to defend is the birthright of every man, woman, and child. These are the principles Republican governors are fighting for, and in Washington, under the leadership of Senate Republicans and Speaker Kevin McCarthy, we will hold the Biden administration accountable.
Down the street from where I sit is my alma mater, Little Rock Central High. As a student there, I will never forget watching my dad, Governor Mike Huckabee, and President Bill Clinton hold the doors open to the Little Rock Nine. Doors that 40 years earlier had been closed to them because they were black. Today, those children once barred from the schoolhouse are now heroes memorialized in bronze at our state house. I'm proud of the progress our country has made. And I believe giving every child access to a quality education, regardless of their race or income, is the civil rights issue of our day. Tomorrow, I will unveil an education package that will be the most far-reaching, bold, conservative education reform in the country. My plan empowers parents with real choices, improves literacy and career readiness, and helps put a good teacher in every classroom by increasing their starting salary from one of the lowest to one of the highest in the nation. Here in Arkansas and across America, Republicans are working to end the policy of trapping kids in failing schools and sentencing them to a lifetime of poverty. We will educate, not indoctrinate our kids, and put students on a path to success. It's time for a new generation to lead. This is our moment. This is our opportunity. A new generation born in the waning decades of the last century, shaped by economic booms and stock market busts, forged by the triumph of the Cold War and the tragedy of 9-11. A generation brimming with passion and new ideas to solve age-old problems. A generation moored to our deepest values and oldest traditions, yet unafraid to challenge the present order and find a better way forward. If we seize this moment together, America can once again be the land of the free and the home of the brave. During my two and a half years at the White House, I traveled on every foreign trip with the president. A trip I will never forget was on December 25th of 2018. My husband Brian and I had just cleaned up wrapping paper that was shoved into every corner of our house, thanks to our three kids. When I had to walk out on my own family's Christmas, unable to tell them where I was going that night, because the place I'd be traveling was so dangerous, they didn't want anybody to know that the president was going to be on the ground, even for a few hours. We boarded Air Force One in complete and total darkness. There were no lights on the plane, no lights on the runway. Our phones and computers shut down and turned in. We were going completely off the grid. Nearly 12 hours later, in the pitch black of night, we landed in the war-torn part of Western Iraq. It was again a similar scene. No lights on the plane, no lights on the runway. The only thing you could see was coming from about a mile away in a dining hall where hundreds of troops who were in the fight against ISIS 
had gathered expecting to celebrate Christmas with senior military leadership from around the region. They had absolutely no idea that the president and first lady were about to walk into that room. And when they did, it was a sight and a scene and a sound I hope I never forget. The room erupted. Men and women from every race, religion, and region, every political party, every demographic you can imagine started chanting in perfect unison over and over and over again, USA, USA, USA. It was an absolutely perfect picture of what makes our country great. One of the young soldiers yelled from the back, Mr. President, I re-enlisted in the military because of you. And the president said, and son, I'm here because of you. Shortly after that young soldier came up to me, he said, Sarah, you have a tough job. I told him what I do is nothing. You take bombs and bullets, that's a tough job. And in a moment that I know I'll cherish for the rest of my life, that soldier reached up and he pulled the Brave Rifles patch he wore on his shoulder and he placed it into my hand, a sign of ultimate respect. And he said, Sarah, we are in this together. Overwhelmed with emotion and speechless, I just hugged him with tears in my eyes and a grateful heart for our heroes who keep us free. That young man and everyone who has served before him, all of those who serve alongside him, and the thousands we know who will be called upon to serve after him, deserve to know they have a country and a community back home doing our part in the fight for freedom. America is great because we are free, but today our freedom is under attack and the America we love is in danger. President Biden and the Democrats have failed you and it's time for a change. A new generation of Republican leaders are stepping up, not to be caretakers of the status quo, but to be change makers for the American people. We know not what the future holds, but we know who holds the future in his hands. And with God as our witness, we will show the world that America is still the place where freedom reigns and liberty will never die. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America. Well, we pray for Sarah, too. We pray for the people of Arkansas. We pray for all of our elected officials, brothers and sisters, who understand where this country is going, and included among them, of course, President Trump. And what I want to do tomorrow is examine some of his response to the State of the Union, in case you haven't seen his remarks. We're going to analyze step by step uh, some of the things that uh, uh, contrast his administration with the kind of stuff that we're seeing today. So thank you for watching. Let's pray now in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks, friends. Join me tomorrow. We're going to have more to say about this State of the Union and about how to make the Union great. Please follow me on social media at FR Frank Pavone. We've got a lot to share with you. A lot of like-minded people to connect with. Our media, social media following keeps growing. I'm grateful to you for that because you can share these programs, share these videos, share the posts. This is how we all help each other. Thank you, Getter, for showing our programs. Thank you, Right Side Broadcasting Network, for our partnership. Follow them, too, at RSB Network. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. God bless. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.